Hello, how are you? Welcome to the Woodshed. It's very exciting. I'm excited to have you listening. Please, if you would, uh, give me ratings and reviews again. I need those. That helps the algorithm, you see. I want to thank my sponsors, Royal Coffee Roasting here in Medford, over in Boise, down in Salt Lake City, and down in Las Vegas. Thank you so much, Royal Coffee Roasting. I love your coffee. Also, a look design, always bringing the heat with all my cool logo work that they do for me. And then we take a look design's design and print it at Moxley Media. Best job ever. So thank you so much to my sponsors um, for making me sound and look super cool. I like that. Oh, and also feel good because coffee, duh. We'll be talking with Alan Jetto tonight. He lives in Pittsburgh. He's a... Americana, folk singer kind of guy. He's uh, great. Lots of good energy coming from Alan. I'm excited to have him on the podcast. I hope you enjoy listening to Alan Jetto talk about his music, about his career, about life, about things. So here we go. Welcome to the woodshed. Tell a friend. Tell your mom. Tell your mom's friend. Just keep telling people all about it. Thank you so much. Here we go. When I'm feeling like I just don't want to deal with the world today I go down to the woodshed Where all we do is pick and play Play a song for the underdogs And the happy-going-lucky Play a song for the Californios And East Kentucky And when I'm feeling like I just don't want to deal with the world I go down to the woodshed Where all we do is pick and play I go down to the woodshed Where all we do is pick and play Hello, Mr. Alan Jetta. Welcome to the woodshed. um, I'm from Kansas City. So the Missouri side. So I'm wondering if we can yeah. we can still be friends in a sports world. Are we going to be okay, Alan? Oh man, we can because I I don't follow professional sports whatsoever. I stopped long ago, but I did live in uh, in Baldwin, Missouri. So that region of the country is um, is near and dear and i when i was a kid i was a cardinals baseball fan oh oh so i'm sorry that's okay. um <laughs> i don't even know what that means anymore to be honest with you uh <laughs> i just stopped caring so long ago but uh, you know i i do love kansas and missouri i, I love it all well in in kansas city um either side it doesn't really matter they're like super down with the royals even though they're terrible um, in 1985, the Royals played the Cardinals in the World Series. In one of the last, I think it was the the second to last game in the World Series, the Cardinals felt that the umpires blew a call, which forced the next game, the final game, which the Royals won by 11 runs. So the Cardinals fans are still super salty towards us because we're, you know, the, the little brother. Um, because they have a much larger payroll than than the Royals do, right? So the, any unless they're unless the Cardinals fans are somewhere else other than St. Louis, I usually don't hear it from them. But if they're St. Louis people, I I get it from them. Um, yeah, 
and I get it from Dodgers fans, but it's you know this isn't a sports talk radio show, so we'll move right along. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I lived, uh, I lived, you know, I was born on the Missouri side, lived in Kansas, I've lived in eight states in total in totality. Now we're in Oregon. I like to call nice. Oregon Missouri too. Um, because you're welcome, you know, Oregon Trail. So here we are. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. So yeah. how long how long have you been writing and recording music? I've uh, been writing music since I, pretty much since I started playing music. Um, when I was 15, I would say I started writing at 16. Um, when did I start recording? In my late teens, I was just, you know, um, messing around on GarageBand. Uh, you know, I had like one of the early Mac computers that had a garage band installed on it. So I was using that and I made some cool early like demos. Um, it wasn't until I was, well, maybe, maybe 19 or 20 that I got into an actual studio in New Hampshire where I was growing up. Um, studio 101A. Um, so I recorded some tunes there but still always kind of like a demo format you know uh pretty rough and and my first uh ep all different times is that you know it's hmm. all live takes it's um me and and my acoustic guitar sometimes harmonica and banjo and you know poorly played banjo but um you know i'd say a fast forward to now like this most recent release was the most uh let's let's see the most like attention to sound i've and and arrangement that i've ever done mm. so it's it's it always feels new and different but i guess i've been doing it for 15 years ish okay what yeah. inspired you to start writing music um, I think it was, I mean, this is, this is great. And I don't ultimately know the answer. Um, I think it was, you know, I had this kind of like, um, inborn, you know, creative side that always wanted to get out. Uh, when I was a really little kid, I, you know, I, I liked writing just like rhyming poetry in school and I liked writing class but I never did anything really outside of, of that. Um, it wasn't until I was 15 when I started playing music to kind of hang out and participate with some buddies who played music. Um, and, and just the culture that they cultivated in my little group of friends was like, it's cooler to write songs than it is to just play songs huh. uh, like covers. So I just started doing that as soon as possible and found something that I really, really loved. You know, it's still my greatest love. So how does where you live inspire your cre creativity? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Pittsburgh, I'm all about and this. I'll just jump out of the gate with being pretentious. <laughs> but Pittsburgh has a lot of duality. Mm. Um, you know, it's a city, but it's also blue collar and it's got that, you know, uh, industrial like 
labor side of it and this rural side, you know, it's not a big city. So you go 20 minutes outside of this city, it's, it's rural already um, in depending on the direction. But, you know, I've grown up mostly in rural areas, some suburban areas. And um, wasn't until I grew up that I moved to New York City for almost three years. And but both have always been important to me. So Pittsburgh has both the city and the country. Um, it's also got the most important thing that I love about this city is the community. Mm. It's just, it's smaller um, and, and therefore more, more singular. And there are different factions within the arts here. But it, it just, it feels like there's a lot of support. Everyone kind of knows each other in the, the scenes. Whereas, you know, New York, it's like there can be 17 different indie folk scenes going on at one time in the city or more. And yeah, it's cutting edge and everything, but it's like a diffuse community. Mm. Pittsburgh feels very singular so that's what i i get from pittsburgh and i hope i contribute to as well i've never been there i've been all over the country i've been to many places um but i've never been to pennsylvania or i've been to ohio we don't have to get into it sure (laughs) okay i don't want to throw any uh, any shade on ohio yeah yeah (laughs) You know, Ohio, it gets a lot of flack, and I can't speak to Ohio much, but Western PA and just Appalachia in general mm. is like, I've been a lot of places as well. I've been fortunate to live different places and travel, and Appalachia is just, there's something magical about it. So I love it here. Um, it does, in ways, like West Virginia reminds me of... Um, uh, Northern New Hampshire, where I grew up hiking and skiing and stuff. So, you know, it's it's just got a little bit of everything that I want here. Yeah, I've 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 mostly lived in the Midwest or the West Coast and Texas, which I mm-hmm. I like to say as a joke, um, and and most people get it, but I'll, I like to say I've lived in seven states and also Texas. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I have cousins who live there, so I, I understand the joke. It, it is almost funny. It's it's just the state at this point. You know, and, and it's funny because people who are like, you know, I'm Texan, they, they also laugh. Cause, yes. Because they're claiming that, and I'm kind of making fun of it, but, it, you know, in a way. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, you know, we... Don't upset the Texans. Don't upset man. the Texans, man. <laughs> Uh, I want to know, like, how come whenever I, like, bring a steak from another state into Texas, how come it didn't get any bigger when I crossed the, the state line? That That's yeah. the question I need to ask Texas. But anyway, um, you've released a, a record called Songs from a Farmhouse. Let's, let's talk about that. How did that begin? How did it end? How do you feel about it? Uh, well, I'll start with the last question. I feel great about it. Um, awesome. I'm... I'm really proud of it you know it's it's really my first collaboration of this kind 
um, with my buddy Zach Carden, who's um, he, he's released some music under the name Southern Pine. He's great. You should check him out. You know, he he just helped me uh, envision the sound and and you know look like writing the chords and the lyrics are that's my favorite part and i love sound and when i you know learn more about it um from people like zach and and just pay more attention to it it's like a whole other sense for me you know like it's my sense of hearing but it's this whole other world so you know i learned a lot about that and feel a lot um in that record of course i've heard these songs hundreds of times now so it's like when i hear one i'm like uh, you know i could use a second <laughs> to just to uh let this marinate but uh i let's see i wrote all of those songs while living in a farmhouse okay. um uh, it originally was a farmhouse it's in ligonier pennsylvania um i lived there since 2017 i moved away in 2021 i uh, lived in new york city before that but i moved there to help my family build a house and i lived in this this kind of old um crooked farmhouse i i li mean literally like you know door frames and everything were just it, it was on its last leg so we ended up fixing that one up too after i moved out but um yeah, uh, I wrote all these songs while living there, and they they felt, you know, like um, "Ain't It Strange" on that record is kind of a, a it's an homage to old country, mm. um, and and the imagery is, you know, very rural. Like I want, I recorded sounds within a, a hundred yards of my house. Um, so it it hopefully encapsulates that but um it, it the songs were written kind of uh intermittently over that uh four years that i lived there and you know that was also through the pandemic so at ain't it strange was after the pandemic i think so was baby be my baby um yeah it's been like i don't know uh little little patches from from different times while i was there you know i i get the sense because i've listened to it and now i'm going to re-listen to it after this conversation and just take it in from your viewpoint so it's it's an interesting thing to to listen to it from an outsider right like just i'm sitting in my car driving around doing my sales thing listening to this record and now we talk and now I'm going to listen to it again and almost from, you know, without really, really knowing you at all. I, I don't know. We, we've never met just right, on the phone. Right. But now I'm, I'm going to do it from a different standpoint of having talked to you. So it'll be it'll be cool. I'll, I'll be interested to hear it um, from more of a, uh, I guess, less organic place, if you will. Um, yeah. We're going to play the, the, the first of two tracks. I want to play Problems of the World. So tell me about that song. You know, how, how did it come about? And then um, we'll play it. Yeah, sure. Um, so that's Problems of the World is the first song on that album. Um, it's a good, like, when I, when I 
you know, put that one on. It's just like, it feels like a good cruising song, like at night in your car, which is funny because it's not really what, where it came from, but I guess it's like this contemplative mood that I had. Um, this was after the start of the pandemic. Mm. It was, you know, that particularly tumultuous, like three months um, in the beginning with the pandemic, with George Floyd, with a lot of the, you know, unrest that was happening because of all of that. And, you know, then you, you see what that pandemic, you know, did in the beginning to some relationships and, I don't know. It was just like I woke up early before sunrise one morning, couldn't sleep, you know, and I went outside and it's gorgeous. It was a, you know, I watched sunrise and I was in this beautiful place, one of my you know favorite places in the world. But the air was just like thick with, you know, disaster. And mm. um, yeah, it's just like my god it's it's beautiful here but you know what what has changed like something feels off and so yeah i mean there's there's all kinds of things i can talk about regarding this like you know it's a good thing that the problems of the world can still be felt in paradise because you know it's not paradise for everyone Hmm. not everyone so if you can you know stay sensitive to that i don't know hopefully do some good um you know that's that's what that song means to me um but it's it's really just a a freeze frame of you know what i was feeling at that time okay well let's play problems of the world
Okay, Alan. Who right now is making music that you would like to collaborate with? Oh, man. Whew. Heavy, deep, and real, Alan. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, you know what? The first person that came into my head is Alex Cameron. Hmm. Alex, Alex Cameron is one of my favorite songwriters right now i think um i also i think dan reader is still alive um <laughs> you know i should know i guess if i'm a fan but um i am a fan you know both of those guys are are very you can feel both the the depth of feeling and the humor they're mm. they're and and you know of course like i think those are oftentimes people's favorite songwriters like john prine you know randy newman etc um and that's that's definitely present in a lot of my music um you know especially some of my when i like from when i was younger that's yeah, I, two of them, Adrian Lenker from Big Thief, uh, has always been a huge inspiration. Um, talk about you know depth of feeling, she's got it. Okay. She's got it in spades. Um, yeah, there are all different kinds of of aspects of you know. That's I'm I'm often torn between genres and. Um, I love my like kind of folky bluegrass or old time music. Um, but you know, I love like loud, like idols and Queens of the stone age. And, mm. you know, I, I like that stuff too. And I would love to experiment maybe a little bit more in those genres that I listen to, but don't necessarily play. Um, so yeah, those are all the ones that are coming to mind right now. It goes and it goes and it goes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man. Oh, oh, I've seen them, man. They're, they're so good. You've seen them? Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, it was, okay. I almost. I actually almost <laughs> broke my nose in the mosh pit. I got <laughs> bloody nose. Some dude's skull whacked me in the face. Mm. <laughs> uh. It sounds weird. Like I'm a folk <laughs> musician, but yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I was in the mosh at Idols, for sure. That's incredible. I, I would love to see... The, my my wife can't stand their music. And my my brother-in-law was in a band. Um, her little brother was in a really popular band here called Idol Threats. And to me, I used to book them in one of the clubs that I managed and also DJed at. And I remember the first time that I brought them into the vinyl club. It's a tiny little hole in the wall in Ashland, Oregon, a town of about 20,000 people. It's a college town, very beautiful mountains, uh, all that. And uh -huh. they show up, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, is this ACDC? Because these guys are so, like, on fire for performing. Wow. <laughs> they were so good. Yeah. Um, but the Idols kind of captures that, in a, to me, in a kind of more, like, way. And then they're... Oh, yeah. They just, you know, you hear interviews and they just sound super sweet. And I love the dude in the dress. You got, you know, just all the things that make them different. I'm all, all about yeah, it. Dude. Me um, too. I, 
I was looking at your Facebook when I first found you, and then I was kind of digging a little deeper and doing a little bit more in-depth reading um, on mm-hmm. your Facebook. And there was something that struck me um, in there that kind of le- leads to the next question. But I want you to know before we get there that the story about your grandfather is like, to me, it's my grandfather who mm-hmm. my mom, my mom and dad haven't been together since I was like three. So it's been like 50 years. And my mom still talks about my grandpa as if they're like, there's still a family connection. There's still, you know, a huge love and respect for my grandfather who really literally knew no enemies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just the biggest personality, the the most fun and kind, the biggest smile, all the things that make grandpas like why we love them. Um, so my question that came from that was, and I, I know there, I know Slewfoot's got to be in here, but um, <laughs> talk about three people that have influenced you and your music? Well, he's first and foremost, yeah. Hey, there it um, is. Yeah. You know, like truly influenced, um, brought about, encouraged. Yeah, it's hard. Oh, man, it's even just hard for me to talk about Slew. Oh, um mm. He's a great man. He's just, dude, talk about big personalities and big guys. You know, he was 6'5", 300. So, yeah, dude. And he just, like, filled a room even more with his personality. But he was was a fantastic musician. He played Mm. clarinet was his first, but saxophone and flute as well. And he was good at sax. I think flute was more the third place. But, um... Yeah, you know, he, uh, you can tell he knew it too, because he actually, he encouraged me and bought me my first, like, nice guitar. But he also kind of, like, discouraged me too, because he knew how hard it is. Like, he, he gave me a very realistic expectation. Um, just, you know, he had friends that like Sonny Clark was famous jazz pianist. Um, he knew well, and he just knew the, the time and the effort and energy and everything that goes into it and the perils of it. And, um, you know, but, but we both loved music, like pretty much first and foremost. Um, so he... Yeah, like I said, he bought me my guitar. He talked with me about it a lot. Um, that was that was just something that that really only the two of us in, on that side of the family had as well. So he's first and foremost. Second, well, man, Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, like i was doing it long before like a few years before i really discovered bob dylan but once i saw that i was like all right you know here's a good here's a good beacon um for like just a song just the the framework and the the idea of a song um man who would take number three do you need a drum roll? 
I really know. I need like <laughs> maybe hours to think about this. Well, we can we can stay with two. I think those are great answers. Um, I really am like dead pressed to find this third one. If I if I think of it, I'll let you know before okay. this is over. All good. Um, okay. Well, how did it feel to have Blood Makes Noise interview you? Oh man, it was great. All of the the questions were great. Um I feel like, you know, and and this goes for you as well, just being asked smart, thoughtful questions about this helps me learn about it more. Helps me learn about me. Um and of course, you know, the respect I have for them and and the gratitude just enhances it. Um, yeah, I've been I've been really enjoying the, all of the press I've gotten for this release. Uh, like I said, like just genuine and thoughtful questions, and I don't know. It's I think the people who are in it nowadays truly love it, and. Uh, you know, it comes through in all of that. It struck me when I started digging around a little bit, and then I realized that here you are alongside uh, Hot Water Music on the same website, you know, having yeah. having an article about them, which, it you know, years ago, an, uh, an ex-girlfriend, kind of punk rocky, introduced me to Hot Water Music, and of course radio still rings in my head, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. Such a, and, you know, that's like not even their song, but it's, you know, that's how I was introduced to it. <laughs> so, right. anyway. Yeah, and it's it's funny too, uh, like you mentioned my my similar artists on Spotify and whatnot. Sometimes I'm, I'm paired with, with uh, artists who are pretty different from me, but that hopefully you know there's there's an undercurrent of similarity and yeah i'm glad i i'm almost more excited about being paired with someone who's like uniquely different you know do you know or are you familiar with the music of the bones of jr jones i am not oh gosh okay i'll send you something uh maybe tomorrow because it's almost it's nine something there um but he i interviewed him a few months ago and uh, he's coming out here to play a show next month. I can't wait to see him and meet him in real life. But I was doing the same thing today with his with his music. And it's funny because mm-hmm. I know his music and I can sing some of his, not well, but I can sing some of his songs. And then all of a sudden, you know, as I'm out on a drive, here comes Alan Jetto, you know, <laughs> At, <laughs> on Bones of J.R. Jones. So, and it, I mean, and he's kind of... If I had to draw a parallel, it's going to be kind of like that Black Keys, um, just sure. straight ahead, rocky, really cool. Sure. I, you know, stuff. It, it, it's, you know, here in, in Oregon, in this part of Oregon, and in many other places that I've DJed, I have to play Usher. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I have to yeah, play, yeah. you know, George Strait, which no harm, no foul. I love George Strait, but it's not. You know, like Dean Dillon writes from a, a super formulatic place, if that's a word. I'm going to make it up if it's not. Um, but he, you know, th- these are all songs that are written. It's heavy hook lines, you know. Um, yeah. And it, I was reading an article today about how pop music, the the emphasis on hook lines are so much 
that there's really no other depth to the music that we're that we're getting from pop music. And I love pop music. I'm kind of a big dork for pop music. Um, but yeah. the music I actually listen to is guys like you. Um, sure. That I don't have to hear, you know, how many beats per minute is this? What's the key it's recorded it in? How, how am I going to mix this with, you know, what songs? I can actually sit down and listen to Alan Jetto and not think about any of that stuff. So it, and, and that comes along with the bones of J.R. Jones and anyone, Arlo McKinley. Yeah. Um, now I'm starting to play Tyler Childers at weddings. Oh, um, I love him. I interviewed his his drummer and his bassist, both guys, especially the drummer, really funny, <laughs> really funny guy. Oh, yeah. And we're going to go see them um, up in Bend, Oregon, which is a mountain town, kind of everything out here is volcanic, but that's more desert than it uh-huh. is here. And Bend is like, Bend is a destination. It's beautiful. They're skiing real close by. There's all sorts of breweries. Right. So if you ever get invited to come out to Bend, um, you better let me know, Alan. And yeah, uh, yeah we'll come. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's talk about your creative process. And I want you to know straight ahead, I already kind of have an idea of what you're going to say um, and, because I've, I've read. But <laughs> are, oh. are you a lyrics first artist or do you riff it out on, on guitar first? How do you start? Man, let's see if it matches what I wrote. Hey, okay, here we go. Last, last year sometime. Um, <laughs> I I do usually write well not entirely but the the song usually comes from the guitar first mm. um I have experimented with success with um writing the words first and those are interesting songs in themselves but I do kind of like I enjoy to just find something, you know, in the guitar that sounds and feels different. And then, cause that almost, it does feel like it's, you're discovering it. It's not something that you're, you know, creating. If those, if words come out in the same way, like they just kind of come from you and you like, you can see, uh, you know, a meter and a rhyme and maybe a melody you know you can sing it and this i've done that those are great too but yeah it's it's a mix uh the ones i i really enjoy i really like the feeling of of just finding the chords or the riff first Mm. you know okay yeah you want to know how my creative process What's that? Mine's so much easier. I just play other people's songs. <laughs> Sorry. That is. That, that's that so, is. It's so easy. <laughs> yeah. I love it. The um, the science of DJing for me, because I learned in a very specific way when I, when I got my first club job, was that it was more important to be able to kill a dance floor and bring it right back. Because if you kept uh-huh. everyone dancing, the bar's not making money. So you've got to basically shit the bed and then remake the bed pretty darn immediately so the bar makes money so that that is the um if you can do that as a and, and no one needs to do it as a performer because they're there to see you um right. if they if they don't even know your name and you're playing in a venue where they're that it's normal for live performances to happen they're gonna watch you because that's where they go to watch live music right 
Um, And that's how people get new fans and, you know, so on and so forth. But if I'm playing a nightclub, I have to shit the bed and then remake the bed in two minutes. They had different problems here. It's weird. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, other people's music makes that easy for me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. At any rate, it it, and I learned that in a country bar in the 90s. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because everything has a dance, whether it's a couple's dance or a line dance. Everything in the 90s country had a dance. So, right. Anyway, uh, let's play the next track. Baby, be my baby. Talk about that song, which I it's beautiful. I sent it to my wife. Um, it's a beautiful song. So let's Thank talk you. about baby, be my baby. Well, that one is um, actually what we just said. That was a guitar first song. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I I was just noodling around, and I was playing a pretty similar finger picking riff. Um, as you know, I've done many times in certain like Elizabeth Cotton, you know, Freight Train or early Dylan, uh, like I think Cocaine Blues isn't one. There are a lot of these songs that, um, and that's the Dylan, like not the Johnny Cash Cocaine Blues, yeah, sure. but Dylan or Nick Drake. Um, you know, there are a lot of these songs that fit that form, and I found something that sounded similar but different to me um kind of like an homage you know just and these are songs that are just like they are easy to listen to they're they're like those happy-go-lucky 1920s or 30s songs that just like they're cutesy wordplay like i think cole porter you know used to do that kind of stuff and it's just i don't know uh, it's kind of nice to not have to feel so big all the time and you know just a, a happy-go-lucky song so i just started singing the happy-go-luckiest thing i could think of and um yeah that song came to me um yeah it's like i don't know that one's harder to talk about because huh. it just it just came out that way the words came pretty quickly after the riff and yeah it's like my americana you know homage to to those greats that i just talked about you know well let's play baby be my baby baby won't you maybe say please that you'll be my you honey dear darling can't you see I'm falling can't you hear me calling calling out for you cause all I wanna do is sing my song Thank you. 
I don't. I don't really know that much about you, but what is your age? I have. Uh, there's a reason for this question. What's your age? I'm 32. God, oh, man. You know, our age difference could have a beer. <laughs> yeah. I'm so yeah. old. I, I would not be able to tell. You know. Look, even that. if you met me in real life, I have a giant Santa beard. Um, I. <laughs> People, I have an energy that people are like drawn to. I'm, I'm like very hyper. <laughs> so, even, even in in real life, uh, not on the phone, you'd put, you'd be like, he's 53. What? <laughs> so, right, right. Anyway, um, do you remember? Do you remember that song? I like my women just a little on the trashy side. From, yeah, from the I, 90s. I know that one. You know who did it first? No, I don't. Jerry Jeff Walker. Really. It's not even his song. Um, wait, whose song is it? Some dude wrote it, and he said, I want to sing it, and he sang it. it. He sang it first. Someone wrote it. He said, I want to sing it. I don't even know the guy's name. Um, and then he sang it, and then <sighs> Confederate Railroad did it and made it huge in the 90s. No kidding. But it's so funny how, like... Uh, doesn't make you want to dance. That's not Jerry Jeff Walker either. You know, like I, I look at Jerry Jeff Walker as my favorite singer songwriter, and then I find out that he's not writing everything that he does. You know? Oh yeah, no. It's kind of. No, wild. I knew that. I knew that about him. I don't know how. I just was listening to some podcast about him or something like that. Well, he um, he did write Mr. Bojangles, which is you know right, just a classic and. Everyone's done it. Um, but anyway, I, I there was something that I was going to say earlier, um, and I forgot to. We moved past it. Um, we were talking about the duality of Pittsburgh, where it's city, and then it's, you know, just down the road, it's country. Um, yeah. I rode horses in Oakland, California. 
Mm-hmm. So that's everywhere, except I think, except for maybe LA. Oh. You know? Oh, I see. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, it took me a second. It, that's that's in yeah. so many different places. Seattle's got it. Portland. Oh my gosh, Portland's got it. You're you, trying to get me to move out west, are you? Uh, um, it's cool. I'm, I'm a, I'll fight a good fight for the <laughs> East Coast. <laughs> um, <sighs> no, I love it out there too, and that it, it is everywhere. Um, I think that's why, you know, I, I just see it and I, I feel like, uh, I feel at home in Pittsburgh. I, yeah. You know, I was born in Pennsylvania and, um, it's just like the, let's say the idiosyncrasies of the duality here is, uh, what I like and enjoy about it. Um, but yeah, you know, that's even my, my album called versus my only full length um that's why i called it versus is because i am always about the you know what's in between the whatever the things are that's versus right yeah um and i was living in new york at the time so that album is you know even the skyline on the cover it's more reminiscent of new york and yeah, that's the universal human experience. Um, and, yeah, it's just I happen to find it here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, look, I, I don't want you to think that I was dogging you out. I, I, oh, no. It's stupid because I thought about it and then it went away. That's the, you know, that's... coasters always do. <laughs> that's the way it is. Well, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Midwesterner, make no mistake. <laughs> I just happen to live on the West Coast. Yeah. The passive yeah. aggressiveness out here drives me up a wall. Oh, yeah. See, oh. we just go to the aggressive over here. I asked a guy know? years ago from New York City. I was like, dude, what's the deal? Like, why is it? Why, why do I hear it's so mean out there? He's like, no, it's not really mean. It's just that we don't have time. You know, like out here right. in, in Oregon, if you're on the side of the road with a flat tire, someone and many people are probably going to stop and want to talk and help you fix right. your tire and you know do all this and do all that and then go get a beer. In New York, it's like, let's get him the hell out of the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Makes sense, you know. Oh, it does. It does. And and both are good, you know. Yeah, there's a place for all of that. I'm I'm fine with moving right along too. Um, so, what is next for you? What's on the horizon? Uh, I've got a few songs, uh, including like one that didn't make it on this last record. Um, I am a little bit like, you know, hiber- hibernating. I guess. Um, gestating is a good word for it mm. um i've got a few songs um you know i of course want to keep it similar but but different and evolve and have similarities in the sound of this past record while experimenting with some stuff i've been listening to since then and trying to incorporate elements of other kind of music that i i love so much without getting away from the core you know um it's hard to write it's hard to write a full-length album um and put it out regularly all you know independently too but maybe maybe another just like five song thing um We'll see if I'm really prolific 
hopefully another LP. But I hope to get back out and and play at more festivals mm. and stuff um, when the weather gets warmer this year. Um, get back to playing live more and maybe more with a band. Uh, yeah, that's what's next for me. I have in my music. Oh, sorry. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Nope. You go ahead. No, I was just that's what's next for me and my music. That's all I was going to say. So my my next two questions are probably going to be the most serious ones. So I want to know if you're seated and safe, Alan. Okay, I am. Okay, perfect. <laughs> um, how do you want your presidential candidate to eat string cheese? Do you want oh, him to man. peel it apart or bite into it like a wild animal? Which which way do you want to go with that? Is there a third option? <laughs> I'm I'm all about a third option. Um, I just yeah I, I I don't know man stick it up their nose I don't yeah hey I think we all can feel that in a different way you know <laughs> yeah for me it's so funny um, not real relative to presidential questioning um, it's just that I think I was 50 when my wife Suzette says. Why do you eat your string cheese like that? Why is it important? She's like, do you know that it tastes better if you peel it apart? Like, not at all. Huh. No idea. I'm just eating yeah. it like a wild animal. And then the next time I, we had string cheese, I pulled it apart, and I was like, I will never eat it a different way. <laughs> yeah. I do. I've always eaten it by pulling the strings off. But I, by the third option, I meant I'm all – I'm a three-party kind of guy. I, I, party. I'm totally picking like, up on what you're laying down, man. Okay, I got you. Yeah. Okay, I yep. It wasn't about the cheese. It yeah. was about... Um, <laughs> the person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When can we get um, a fourth party? Hey, well, then it'd be... You know, the more the merrier, but this about this is a thing where duality is not necessarily good. Oh, sure. Like, you, need, you need three options to just get each side to be better so yeah um no hate on any ways that people choose to eat cheese <laughs> Jeez, i love it okay yeah the the last question that i'll ask um who's your favorite pop singer and why is it taylor swift <laughs> oh man that's a hard one it's not Taylor Swift. It's not Taylor Swift. Okay, well, who is it? I, I have to know. It's not even that I have any no hate. Mm. Um, I I just don't. It's kind of like professional sports, to be honest. I I used to play sports and I loved playing them, but I just don't pay attention to to sports or or Taylor Swift a whole lot. Um, Okay, I mean, I can list a few favorite singer. Like who? It's got to be a pop singer. You know, is it Justin Timberlake? You know? Uh, no. Oh, um, okay. I really like, um, Billie Eilish. Okay. You know, I like. I I think she went a different way. Um, with the whole like close mic ASMR whisper thing, mm. and I thought that was. Yeah, I just I I think that was some uh, unique way to go. That was something that was we were missing. Um, so yeah, I like her. Um, who's the, who's the guy? I really like. 
I don't know if it's his singing. The guy who sings that song, Unholy. Oh, that Sam Smith. On, yep. Sam, Sam Smith. Smith. <clears throat> yeah. I, in my opinion, his first record was the best that he did. Um, Unholy got so much airplay out here. Yeah. Okay. Just, well, oh, my god. I'm sure it would drive you crazy, but, man, the first few times you hear it, you're like, damn, that song is good. All I could hear in it was a club song. Right. That's sure. at first. Like the I was like, oh, as a DJ, I'm like, I'm stoked on this beat that I could mix it with a million things. Yeah. Uh, I could go so many different directions with it. And then then I was like, I gotta stop listening to Kiss FM. I gotta listen to something else. <laughs> this was See, like this is why Oh my gosh. Like, that kind of music is so different. It, it's almost like a whole you know, like a painter. I c I don't have the same tools of appreciation to appreciate paint as I do for music. Right. Um, and it's Sam Smith is so different for me. It's, it's that way. Like, I don't, I don't have those DJ thoughts. Sure. Like you do. And therefore I can just enjoy it as an innocent bystander, you know? (laughs) Um, so I don't know. He came into mind because I was like, that's a voice. I was like, all right, that's a, that's a cool voice. Um, so, yeah, Billy Eilish and Sam Smith. Well, there it is. Alan, yeah. look, I know it's late out there. I really appreciate you doing this with me. Um, can't wait to see, you know, what's next on this from this far away, from the other side of the country uh, for you. But I appreciate it. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. Thank you very, very much. Hey, thank you for having me. This was wonderful. Awesome. We'll do it again, Alan. Have a good night. Sounds good, man. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Alan gave great answers. Um, I really want you to follow all the links that I put in the show notes for uh, for Alan's music. And, and remember, it's Alan Jetto. Guy's gracious. So it, what a great time with Alan. Um, please check out his music. Also want to thank my sponsors. And then I'm going to get out of here. But uh, let's go ahead and thank Royal Coffee Roasting here in Medford, down in Vegas, over in Boise, down in Salt Lake City. Um, also want to thank a look design always coming with the hitters on the logos that I send over to them. My ideas, I just give her kind of an idea and then she goes and I love that about Sasha. So if you need something, look her up, a look design and my employer Moxley media. Thank you, Joe, Alina and Jesus and Gabe and Wes and Jordan. And, um, oh, and the kids, oh my goodness, Ollie and Diego. Thank you. And Kingston and all, all the other people that, pop in the door and buy screen printed stuff. Thank you. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Goodbye. Take it away, rascal. You're welcome for listening to the woodshed. Oh, thank you for listening to the woodshed. We hope to see you next time on the woodshed. Thank you for listening, what's on our minds Oh, thank you 